0: So, today uh, we're beginning our three day corporate fast. So, we're coming together as a church, both of our campuses, inviting our online campus, and saying, hey, for the next three days today, tomorrow, and Tuesday we're going to be fasting together corporately. Certainly, there are times in our lives where we fast individually, uh, where we're pressing in, or it's a response that we have for times that we go through in our lives where we just kind of go deeper with God. This is a spiritual discipline that we would cultivate in our lives. It is a part of how we live and grow in our faith. Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, right? So this is something that should be a part of our spiritual lives and the way we walk with the Lord. But we're coming together corporately to really press in. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to be praying for our church, and we're going to be praying for our families and our communities, and just really pressing in and seeking the heart and the face of God. What is your will, Lord? And we need you to act and to move in this situation. Uh, Many would say today in the state of affairs that we're in in our world, you know, that we need a lot of things. I don't need to tell you that. All you got to do is turn on the TV or flip on social media, and everybody you know has an opinion about what we need right now, right? Would you agree with that? And I'm not saying that those opinions are bad or invalid. We all have them. But here's, here's what I would say as your pastor, is that beyond and above political reform, social, whatever these things are, beyond any of that, we need... Jesus we need Jesus we need revival revival is like spiritual reform and awakening yes we probably need a lot of other things but my opinion is we we don't want any of those things happening if God isn't breathing on them and touching them and blessing them If they're not being moved by God because he's working and doing something in our land and in our environment. And so I've spent a lot of time this week just sort of preparing my heart for this fast and getting ready for that. And the Lord just laid some things on me. And I wanted to share this with you. Um, There's a, a scene in the book of Ezra where Ezra is leading a bunch of Jews out of captivity in the Persian land, and he's leading them back to Jerusalem to rebuild and to reestablish their homeland. And as they're headed back, there's a lot of danger along the way. There are a lot of things that could come against them, people that could attack them, all this stuff. And this is what Ezra says, chapter 8, verses 21 through 23. But he says, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek Him the right way for us and our little ones and all of our possessions. I love this statement. You see, when we come to a time of praying and fasting, declaring a fast in our life, in our church, in our land, that we are, we are pressing into God Humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, we're desperate for you. We need you. And we're we're seeking you for guidance and direction about these major matters in our lives. He says, We're looking for Him uh, in the right way for us, our little ones, and all of our possessions. That's like a heart cry right there. And so, as we are a people who are looking at what's going on in our world, we want to see things change. I believe that the deepest cry of our heart is a cry for God to move and to pour himself out over our land and over us. It's, we cry out for things, sure, but the deepest cry of our heart really is this longing for God to move and intervene and sweep over our nation, our communities, our families, our homes. That's what we cry out for above everything else. And in verse 23, listen to this, so we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. He answered our prayer. I just wanted to declare to you that if you approach God humbly in this time with a pure heart to encounter God, to know him more, to set aside things that would normally be Typical things that you would enjoy or partake of, and deny yourself those pleasures and those things during these few days, and fill that time with feeding your spirit and time of intimacy with the Lord. God will respond and you will encounter Him. There will be breakthroughs that will happen in your life. They may be different than things that you're looking for, but God is faithful to meet us in these times where we press in and we seek his face and we seek his hand and we humble ourselves to say God we are really setting aside this time to go deeper with you to focus more intently on you and what it is that you want to do in and through our lives amen so in this in this process of the next 3 days we fasting corporately you know that might look different for different individuals i understand um, you know, you've got to figure out what the right way for you to do this is. I would just encourage you that it really needs to be something that causes you to deny your flesh certain pleasures, so so that you can so that the spirit can really rule the flesh, and that you can push that thing down, and that you can fill your spirit, man, with more time of intimacy, prayer, and just hearing the voice of your heavenly Father during this. We're going to have an online Bible study during these three days. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, Miss Nancy, for she's excited. Anybody else? You can go ahead. You know what I mean. You can follow her lead. Uh, we're going to do an online Bible study through the YouVersion Bible app. It is very easy to do. If you're technically challenged, I promise you, this is not difficult. Uh, we have links for how you can get... Hooked up to actually join us in our online Bible study. It's on our website. It's on our Facebook, our Instagram page. There's an email that went out to our church database. Uh, and if you're still in question even after that, just give us a call or talk to one of us afterwards. And we'll just grab your phone and we'll get you hooked up right there. <laughs> but it's in the UVersion Bible app. Uh, and you we're excited to be able to do that. We'll be able to share comments and just what God's up to, what he's doing in our lives. So how many people are excited? about this time with the lord amen so as we get into week three today of vision month if i were to summarize the last two weeks week one and week two i would say that we've talked a lot about how god is a god of vision and he has a vision for our lives and we need to live from that vision it's not healthy for us to live from any other vision or for any other purpose other than that which God, the creator of the universe, has prepared for us. He wants to lead us and guide us in this thing. There are answers and there is direction. He's not an evasive God that's just looking to try to fool his people. He wants to be found. He wants to be discovered. And he wants to reveal hidden things that were previously unknown to us. But they can't be known through the natural mind. God must reveal them by way of the Spirit. And so we are people who can live from a place of vision, healthy vision in our lives. Part of what God's plan for us is, is that all of us, I believe this with all of my heart, every person created by God within their individual purpose is meant to impact and influence others within their sphere, within where God's called them to be, to impact and influence them for Christ. God's created us to be game changers. in this world for him. And when we live in our purpose, we do exactly that. We influence a world for Christ. But before we can really make an impact in other people's lives, we have to be healthy. We have to be whole. We have to be strong. Praise God, he's a restorative God, and that's the work that he does in us. He restores us, he strengthens us, he grows us up, he matures us in our faith. Where we're strong people who can live according to the promises of his word and see heaven invade earth and cause the temporal things of this world to bow the knee to the greater things that god promises his people when we live in faith we actually witness that kind of life within the context of our daily living that's part of what god has for us but we've got to be healthy and strong And we talked about being healthy body, mind, and spirit as individuals. Before we're going to impact lots of people, we've got to grow strong. Healthy ministry and healthy things do not come out of unhealthy people. Agreed? And so today, we're going to talk about healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. A dynamic of our lives that we can't ignore in Scripture, that we are created as relational beings. We are meant to have certain kinds of relationships in our lives. In fact, I'll even make the statement like this. Having healthy relationships is key to you accomplishing your purpose. Does that make sense? It's, it's key. God's designed it this way. We need those kind of relationships that are those healthy relationships in our lives. And we're going to talk about some of those different Types of relationships, what how what makes them healthy? How we can begin improving the health of our relationships immediately and continue to do so from here on? And I'm excited about that today. So in order to help me do this, I'm going to bring up pastors Mike and Christy, and I'm going to bring up my lovely wife Katie, and we're going to kind of all share because they have a lot to impart and a lot of wisdom when it comes to this area of healthy relationships. So I asked them to come up and join me today. Give them a hand as they do. All right. So just kind of to kick this thing off, um, I thought I would open it up by just saying that Jesus Himself gave us a great relationship model. Jesus is good for that, right? He demonstrated, So many things for us for how we could live and how we could walk in this earth. And he demonstrated a great relationship model for us. I think about how he did that. He had 12 disciples that he pulled in really close to him. And there were actually three that were even closer and tighter. And these were the guys that he really did life with up close and personal day to day. But Jesus had a lot of other friends too. Mary and Martha were great Great friends to him. Lazarus was a great friend. He had friends in a lot of places that he went. And then he impacted and influenced multitudes, thousands of people from a distance through his ministry because of the way that he was living as well. But we see clearly in Jesus' example that there's this model that we as people, uh, we can only relationally manage. So many healthy relationships in our inner core, if you will. We can impact multitudes, but how we manage those core inner circle relationships is very, very key. And Jesus, I think, demonstrated that for us. What would you guys, what would your thoughts be, just kind of opening this thing up about that?
1: I think it just one of the things that just shows how important relationships are to your life, no matter what. No matter what season of life you're in, no matter what position of life you're in, whether it's a one-on-one relationship, where it's a core relationship, or whether uh, you're being a mentor to somebody, or whether you're being a mentee, and these are some of the relationships that uh, that we're going to talk about today. But I think the overarching thing to me that I take away is how important and how valuable just all of those relationships for my life are are key to like what you talked about earlier for. For the, the calling that God has on my life, yeah. it's going to take each and every one of those relationships for me to be the person that God's called me to be. That's great. That's great. Miss Christy, what do you have to say?
2: Um, and I would just say, you know, in those relationships, sometimes they're going to change. You know, I've had friends in my life that I thought I would be friends with forever, and I'm not. And that's okay, because I think, you know, God will move that, and we just have to be God-led with our relationships.
0: That's good. Yeah, relationships, they do change over the years. And sometimes for good reasons, too, you know. Katie, what would you say?
3: Yeah, um, our relationships, they have a major impact in us walking out our purpose. And so I think that all of our relationships should begin with our relationship with God. So, Like Christy said, them being spirit-led is so important. Because in every relationship that's healthy, there's three parts. There's my part, there's the other person's part, and then there's God's part. And if we don't have a healthy relationship with God, we kind of don't allow him to do his part in each of our relationships. Mm. And so making sure that we are spirit-led, allowing God to speak into all the relationships in our life so that we know how close those relationships should be.
0: That's good. God has something to say about this area of our lives. He wants to lead us and direct us. That's really, really good. So what we're going to do is we're going to visit... Like three different relationship dynamics to understand three types of relationships that we see in the Bible. Um, We see a lot of examples of these, but we're going to go to three different particulars and say that these are three types of relationships really that all of us ought to have in our lives. I think you're going to see that as we work through it. I'm going to do something a little different. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to give you all three of those points up front so you can be thinking about that. In fact, additionally, besides giving you the points, I want you to be thinking about questions, because at the end of this today, we're going to open it up to questions. So what what kind of questions might you have? If you have some that come to your mind along the way, here's what you can do. You can text the question to this number that's on the screen, 618-268-5454. We'll keep that up for a little bit. You can text the question to that number, and we're going to get to as many as we can with time that's allowed uh, here after we get through the message portion of this. So just fire them away throughout the service if you have them as, as they come to you. So three different kinds of relationships. Number one, we're going to talk about Paul relationships. We're going to use characters in the Bible. Number two, we're going to talk about Barnabas relationships. And then three, we're going to talk about Timothy relationships. All right, so let's say, uh, number one, Paul. What, what is a Paul relationship? Well, Paul says in many of his letters he says I, I as he addresses the people that he's writing to I am Paul called to be an apostle. All right? So a Paul kind of relationship to me is it's he's apostolic and God appointed apostles in the early church to raise up other members of the churches to really get Involved in their lives to, you could say, mentor them, disciple them, really lead them and guide them. There was a a spiritual authority that was there in their lives, and those apostles were there to raise people up strong in the calling that God had for their lives. So we can see that God ordains these things, that we would have these kind of relationships in our lives, where there are people who are really speaking into our lives, who have kind of an authority, if you will, that we've permitted them to have, where they're raising us up, they're growing us strong, they're imparting to us through wisdom, knowledge, and experience that they have. But they're also people who we believe God has put in our lives, and God wants to put these kinds of people in our lives. He says also, uh, in his letter to Timothy, he said, God put me into the ministry. So I think this is huge that we understand that God actually is designing and orchestrating these kinds of things for our lives to put people around us who can help raise us up and become all that he wants us to be. So what would you say about the importance of a, a Paul kind of relationship, apostolic, spiritual authority, mentor, however you want
1: to you know, look at that? Yeah, I think for me, it's 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 key that I have mentors in my life, and I have uh, a few different mentors for various uh, areas of my life. Because one of the things that I look for in a mentor is in that area that I want that person to mentor me in, is their life producing fruit That's good. in that area. It's good. Matthew seven twenty says, "By their fruits you will know them," and. So that, that's kind of the, the test when I'm looking for a mentor. That's the kind of person that I'm looking for because as Pastor Matt had mentioned, you know, I'm looking for so, someone as a resource of wisdom, knowledge, and experience because there are certain things that I believe that God has called me to do in my life. So I want to look ahead to the people, people that I know that they've been there before, that they have the experience that, that maybe that I'm trying to walk in or I'm trying to get there. And I, and I would say this, that it, you may not, maybe not understand that or you think you're in a situation where you don't have people like that in your life, but I would, I would almost guarantee you that if you look around the people in your life, that God has brought those people into your life somewhere, somehow, and it's, the onus is kind of on you to connect with those people. Pastor yeah. Matt would say it this way, just run into them and see what happens. <laughs> but the point is, put yourself in a position uh, to develop relationship with these people, because they will be be key to your godly calling, the growth uh, that God has in store for you.
0: I love that. That's so good. It makes me think about you know something that Pastor Rick had always shared with me about these kind of relationships. And, and maybe you're struggling, or you're wondering, like, well, I, you know, I don't have any of these, or um, nobody's trying to, to be the mentor to me in my life. Pastor Rick would always say, the, the, what makes this work is that I can't insert myself into your life to be this. You have to draw me in. And I thought that was really good. Like, if I draw him in then, and, and give him that place, then that's what makes that kind of relationship work. But if I think, well... He needs to be the one initiating and inserting that. That's that's not the way that that flows and the way that that goes. So really good stuff. Uh, Katie or Ms. Christy?
2: Um, I would say that's perfect because before I was a mom, I was a teacher. And my mentor was a wonderful lady named Joni Akers. And she taught third grade and I taught fourth grade. And just like they were saying, God really positioned her there. Our classrooms actually connected to each other. And that was... Uh, If you're a teacher, the first year is kind of difficult. And I just remember, like, I asked her to help me. And she was a wonderful mentor. I would not have gotten through that first year without her. But I would just encourage you, if you don't have a mentor, to even pray. Because in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, God says he will direct your path. He'll position you. And just ask for that. And really, she and her husband are dear, dear friends of our family. They love our children. We would get together for dinners. And I still see her. Um, you know, regularly. So awesome. I just pray you, I pray that you would pray for a good mentor.
0: Pray for yeah, it's good. Pray, pray them in, right? That's good.
3: Yeah. So um, I'm gonna kind of say the same thing they said too. But Proverbs 15:22 says, "Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed." And so we need wise counsel in our life. And I heard this quote. It says, so, "You want someone whose hindsight can become your foresight." You know, you want someone who's already been there, who's already made the mistakes, who's already experienced the pain, so you don't have to, right? So you can learn from that, and you can walk and you can go further than what they did. Also, I think the heart of a mentor should be like Paul's was to the Thessalonians in this scripture. It's First Thessalonians 2.8. It says, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become very dear to us. You know, the heart of the mentor in your life should be for you, 100% for you, that they're willing to give of themselves for you, not because they're going to gain something, but because they love you that much. Because that way you can trust their heart and you can trust what they say is always for your own uh, best interest.
0: Man, that's really good. You know, that kind of person in our lives, it's true that... Really, they have no skin in the game, other than they love you, (laughs) and they want what's best for you, God's best for you. Now that may that may cause them to say some things at times that are hard for you to hear, but when you hear them, you can say, "Well, they're only telling me this because they love me." It maybe is hard to hear, but I got to come back to the fact that they they have no interest other than my best interest. And so I need to process these things and let the Lord deal with me about these things if there's some truth in them, right? They have no bias other than they want what's best for you. And, and maybe you're in a situation where you've been hurt or wounded before in past the relationships of mentoring or authority. Because I know that that happens. It, it, it's terrible, but it does happen, okay? Um, but that doesn't mean God doesn't still have a plan and a good plan for future relationships. You can't just back out of this entirely and say, never again. Uh, But when God ordains these things, and like Christy said, your spirit led in that, and and he puts them in your life, and you move in there, I've learned this over the years, that even though the people who I am entrusting kind of to speak over and into my life are men or women, and they're people who, of course, are human beings infallible, there's this degree of spiritual authority, the way it works, where we can say, By trusting this person to speak into my life and have this place in my life, I'm actually trusting God. I'm trusting God beyond and above even this person because I trust that God, I'm submitted to God's plan and if God puts this person into my life, I can receive from them. But if something about this becomes unhealthy or bad for me, then I trust God to look out for me and protect me in this thing as well. So you don't have to run around gun-shy all the time, just worried about getting hurt, because you can trust God to look out for you in these things. And last thing I would say, if I can, um, when it comes to just like spiritual authority in our lives, it's, it's so important that we have this. It's so important. We, we need to have good spiritual authority over us to really look out for us. And unfortunately, I see in our culture today There's this really strong pull or sway and undercurrent that's kind of against like all figures of authority. And it's really dangerous, in my opinion, of where this could go. You, You know, just police are bad and all these things. It's just like it's 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 kind of sweeping, you know, and and I'm not talking about isolated instance. I'm talking about by and large, God uses authority in our lives for our own good. And if we rebel against this idea of authority where, you know, we want all the good things, but we never really want to fully connect where somebody has like a spiritual authority over our lives, please do not fool yourself, okay? You you will never step into the greater depths of spiritual maturity in your life if you do not submit yourself to these kinds of relationships over you. It's necessary and it's important for all of us. So that was the first one, is the, the Paul kind of uh, relationships, those mentors, those leaders. Next one um, would be Barnabas types of relationships, okay? So Barnabas was a guy who, um, awesome dude in Scripture, great friend, colleague, um, just you know workmate of the Apostle Paul, did a lot to encourage and strengthen Paul. They labored together in many different places. They supported one another. They had common mission, common values, common beliefs. Um, you know, they obviously helped each other through some of the difficult things that they were each going through. In fact, the Bible says that Barnabas' name means son of encouragement. There's this time when, you remember when Saul became Paul, right? He was a Christian killer. He had an encounter with Jesus on the road, and he got converted, and then God revealed a lot of the gospel to him and he became uh, an apostle in the church but in the beginning when paul came to the brethren uh, they were all afraid of him and they doubted him and they didn't want anything to do with him and barnabas came along and said no this is paul he's he's had an experience with jesus it's true i know him i've i've been with him i vouch for this guy i mean he had his back he advocated for paul he fought for paul and it was this close friendship where they were really strengthening one another, but they had each other's backs in the trenches as well. And we need these kinds of close relationships and friendships in our lives also. So what would you say just about those those Barnabas types of relationships, close friends, people who are going to really strengthen us, iron sharpening iron?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I'll go first because I get excited about this one, <laughs> only because like to me, these core relationships, I, I've seen firsthand how they either benefit my life or they don't benefit my life. I mean, that's really the truth, right? Right? Because the Good. core relationships, I can have a mentor, that's great, but my core relationships, these are the people that I'm doing life with all the time. And, and I believe we have to be very guarded with the people that we let into our life as far as the people that are imparting stuff Into our life, you've probably heard the, you know, a a couple of the worldly uh, quotes or whatever that you know you're going to be the average of the five people that you surround yourself with, Mm. or, or another way to say that is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I mean, we laugh and it sounds a little silly, (laughs) but I'm I'm telling you, it's it's the truth. You know, Proverbs would say it like this in 13:20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools. And get in trouble. Wow. Proverbs 13, 12, verse 6 says, the words of the wicked are like murderous are like a murderous ambush. I mean, how true is that, right? Right? These people in your life that may be, right, they have an opinion on your life. And just because everybody has an opinion doesn't mean you need to listen. Yeah. You should only have a core core group that you're actually listening to. But the words of the wicked are like a murderous ambush, but the word of the godly Saves lives,
2: mm.
1: right? That's why, <clears throat> excuse me, like we can have lots of friends, but having, having lots of friends doesn't mean that that's a really a core relationship. We have, to, we have to make sure that we define friends in one way, but then core relationships in another, and be guarded about the people that actually have influence and are speaking in my life, because those people, they're either going to build me up or they're going to tear me down.
0: yeah. Wow, that's really good.
2: All right, I'll just say I love this verse, Jude 1.20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Spirit. And I'm just going to do a little encouragement. If, if you have, or when life groups open up again and you're not in one, I would encourage you to join one. There's just something about, you know, God will lead you to the right group with the right people. And my example is um, after college, some girlfriends got together, and we call ourselves the prayer group. And we started, and we've been meeting every week for almost 25 years. It'll be 25 years in July. And some girls have come and gone. Some girls have stayed. Some have moved away. But God has been so faithful and amazing in these groups. And so I encourage you to get in a group like that, whether it's here or wherever God leads you. Our group, we're all, you know, different denominations. But we have prayed for each other every week all these years. We've been through life and death and babies and everything, and we have literally seen miracles. And I just want to say to you with prayer, you know, I always, I hate when, not hate, I shouldn't say hate, but I always don't like when I hear people say that God doesn't answer prayer because He does. He's yeah. either saying no, He says yes, He says not yet, or a lot of times He says, I have something better. And so I just love that with my prayer group, that any need, probably every week, we get something in our little group me, and now we're Zooming, you know. But I just encourage you to, uh, when life groups do open up again, if you're not in one or you're not in a Bible study, I encourage you to do that because a lot of times those people will be your Barnabases. And then I just want to say, Pastor Mike and Pastor Matt are definitely each other, and Pastor Katie and myself also. We have been dear friends for years when we met years ago and we ministered together at Life Church way back when. But these two are adorable, and I like to say they have a bromance. <laughs> <because> <laughs> easy. Oh. Easy, easy. They do, though. Mike, they Mike, love each other. Mike. They talk Cut quite a Mike. bit. Yeah. <laughs> and they but they really are awesome for each other. And Pastor Mike, if you want to add to that.
1: <laughs> Please don't.
2: I love discussing about how you.
1: Oh well, the point she made last night. <laughs> yeah,
2: this is good. This is
1: good. Uh, it, it is good, and I guess I'll say it because Matt's going to say it if I don't say it. <laughs> but most of you yes. know, for <laughs> he's saying, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. For you know, for years I was his boss. And now he's my boss, so the tables have turned. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, yeah, I heard you. (laughs) I heard you. I will say. I will say. I think I did a pretty good job. Oh (laughs) yeah, I'm kidding. That's. I'm
2: kidding. I'm kidding.
1: kidding. I, I had zero to do with it. But the point is that when she said that story last night, you know, it just came to my mind that like that really is the relationship that we have. That really is the best example of a core relationship in your life that I can think of because obviously the the tables have turned, so to speak, as far as the role that we play, but the role that we play in each other's lives and that core relationship hasn't changed a bit because even way back then, then, my relationship with Matt, like my, my entire goal was to serve Matt in whatever way I could, and just to make sure that I could do whatever was in my power so that he could fulfill the call of God on his life. And I knew then and today that his relationship with me is he wanted to do everything in his power to help me achieve God's call for my life. So we've wanted this, although the roles have changed, the, the core relationship and the nature of why God has knitted us and brought us together hasn't changed. Yeah.
0: That's good, and I, I think back to some times in my life where there were seasons that I went through that were very challenging seasons, and frankly, of course, I was praying and pressing into God and asking him for direction, but, you know, you get emotionally involved in your situations. You, you're a person, right? And I needed somebody like Mike, and I would go to Mike, and I'd say, Mike, I need you to help me, Um Because frankly, I I didn't trust myself, is the best way I can say that. I felt like if I did what I thought I needed to do, there's a good chance I could mess something up and I could damage relationships or just mishandle a situation that had the opportunity to really leave a lot of lasting influence. And so I would go to Mike and say, Mike, help me out. Like, am I crazy? Like, here's what I said, or here's what I did, or here's what I think I'm going to say, or here's what I think of how I'm going to handle this. And I would really listen intently and let him speak into that situation. He'd say, man, I would not do that. You know? I, I really wouldn't. I don't think that's a good idea. Or, no, I don't think that's off at all. You know? And I'd be like, okay. But it was this whole time where it was almost like I didn't want to just be the only person involved in this process of decision-making that I was going through. I needed to bring some people like Mike in to weigh in on the situation. And I say to this day when I look back... Th- those are some of the reasons why I didn't come off the tracks in a couple of difficult points in my life. That could have I could have made an absolute mess of things, and I really allowed the people around me to help to sh- to strengthen me and to keep me on track of where I needed to go. Thank God that I had that right. So um, anyway, what did you say, David?
3: I will just say they do talk many times every day. Okay, <laughs> we just
1: can move on.
3: <laughs> I might have been a little jealous a time or two, but no, oh no, no my I'm, gosh. Just, I'm just I'm just, just Just call me. Okay. Call yeah. me. Just call me. Um, anyway, I like talking about this type of relationship because I feel like, for the most part, we understand what we need in a mentor. We understand what it looks like to mentor someone, but I think this is where we really can mess things up. And we can bring the wrong people in that can really, like Pastor Mike said, really derail us. In fact, there's been many times that I've heard parents usually say, my kids got into the wrong group and then, right? They were a good kid. Or maybe your own story is that. I was a good kid and then I got messed up with the wrong group. And that's how impactful your core relationships are. And so I want to go back to the scripture Pastor Matt said, Proverbs 27, 17, that talks about iron sharpening iron. And, and so these core relationships, you know, when iron is sharpening iron, there's friction, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So that means
3: there's going to be time in these relationships where there's friction. When, when you have a core relationship speaking to your life and saying, man, there's something that you're doing that I need to bring up and show you, that causes friction. But these relationships should be so that the heart is trusted so much to where you know that when they say that to you, it's because they love you. Yeah. And you can only invest in, like we've talked about, only a handful of relationships can you have where you can invest so much into them and them into you to where you can get to that place where you trust their heart and to where they trust your heart. But it's so important that you have that, like we're talking about up here, because there's going to be moments in all of our lives where we need someone to help us see clearly. I remember a specific time in my life where I was struggling with some relationships and I had someone that... Could speak into my life where I had friends, I would tell these stories and they'd be like, oh yeah, I hear you. They're so mean. They're so, you have friends like that, that whatever it is, that's going wrong. You're right. The other person's wrong. Mm. Well, I had a friend in my life that said, oh man, I can see that she is hurting. I can see where the other person is coming through. And that changed everything for me in that relationship because it helped me take my eyes off of me and put my eyes on God and to see through his eyes and so I was able to better walk out those conflicts and those things. And we need friends in our lives that can do that. That aren't just going to feed our, you know, what is it? What we want to hear, but they're going to say the truth in our life.
0: Yeah. Amen. You guys have all kind of said different ways but like you got to be guarded, you got to be, you know, thoughtful, prayerful, you got to really be selective about the kind of people that are in this space in your life and I was thinking about this. I'm going to kind of play Bob Ross here for a second. Um, He's a legend, by the way. Uh, So we talk about, like, let's say this is, you know, you individual, you're healthy, right? And being healthy yourself, body, mind, and spirit. But let's just say that within this sphere are your core relationships. And we agree that you can only really invest yourself in so many of those um, and be healthy, because it does take an investment, and they have to be able to go deep if they're going to be that kind of relationship. But out here, you know, you have a great ability to influence and impact a, a lot of other people. The difference is, is, is proximity, where they're at in relationship to you in your life. There are lots of people around here, thousands I would say in your lifetime that you could impact and influence. But the people who are here within this core are the ones that are going to heavily determine how effective you are out here. And where we, I think, struggle many times is that the relationships that are in here can become unhealthy and toxic. And then that flows outwardly to everything else that we try to do. And so like Ms. Christie said, sometimes these relationships change and shift, and they need to change and shift. You might go through a season in your life where you recognize, wait a minute, these relationships are no longer healthy for me, and, and God is showing me that, and now I need to take some steps to do something about that. But let me encourage you not, not to just be like just this wreckage mindset where you just, you know, it's over. I'm just severing all these relationships. You could do a lot of damage that way too. Think of it more as Proximity. There are some relationships that were here that just need to move here. And you can still influence them. It's just the distance that they're in in your life needs to change. And and that can be a process and time and it's not just all like at one sudden moment everything just changes. You know, you delicately handle that through the guidance of the Lord and that can still be preserved where you still have lasting influence and impact. Just that relationship may move and where it's at in your life. Likewise there may be relationships that get brought in. But I think it's important for us to all just sort of take inventory and kind of survey what is the health and the quality of the core relationships right now that are in your life? What is God maybe saying about that or would he say about that? Um, yeah, so, and the last thing I was going to add is just recognizing when it comes to our, our purpose and our impact, um, you know, one's a pretty small number. We are, we are better together. Say it like that. Ecclesiastes says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, there's, there's just more impact. There's a stronger force that's there when we're doing life together than if we're trying to do it on our own. Um, I've heard it said that if you take a horse or a Clydesdale, or a strong horse that has so much strength and power individually, they're capable of pulling however much of a load. But you hook them up in a team of two or of four, and they actually don't just pull the weight of the two added up. There's exponentially greater weight that they can pull because now the strength of them working together is compounded. And so those types of relationships in our lives, I feel, are a lot like that. They really strengthen us and propel us forward to be able to make more impact for God than we can just do on our own. Last one that we want to touch on here today uh, are those Timothy kinds of relationships. So we talked about the Paul relationships are the mentors or the spiritual authority figures in our lives. The Timothys are, I would say, like the people that we're investing into, pouring into, to raise them up. And Paul says uh, about Timothy in the Bible, he calls him a true son in the faith. And so there was like a spiritual fathering relationship that Paul had to Timothy and likely others in his uh, context. And whether it's spiritual fathering or mothering, maybe you would think of it like I do. There's, I think, more like spiritual big brother, big sister, you know, those are ways that we are investing into the up and coming generation. Others who are maybe new in Christ, who are trying to grow in their faith and helping to impart to them so we can raise them up to really get strong in their purpose and in their calling. What would you guys say about just healthy ways to approach this and the importance of us being able to do that, each of us in our own lives?
1: Um, for me, you know, really the key to this is that if you're going to mentor somebody, again, I've said this before, but like your heart has got to be in one place to serve that person. But you you also have to realize that you can only serve that person the way that God has called you to to serve people in, in your own way. For example, like, you know, Pastor Matt is more of an extroverted personality. He, he's going he's gonna to influence people in a more excitable, extreme way, I guess is the best way I can say. Myself, I, I, I would consider myself an introvert. So I'm going to do that in, in different ways. And uh, when, I, when I enter into these relationships with people, this is the one verse that I always go back and I read and I meditate on because I think it's key for me and I think it's transferable here. When Psalm 78, 72, David says, So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart, and he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Good. And why take about it by that? It's like, I have to guide them people by the integrity of my heart and the skillfulness of my hands, meaning meaning the way that I'm going to do it. And for me, that's, that's a little less outwardly, like for the, for the areas of my life that I influence people, it's, and I think this is always the best way, no matter what your personality is actually, it's more it's more by my actions, Versus, versus what I'm going to say. Because in most situations, whether maybe I'm uh, in, you know, talking to a, a, a businessman or I'm coaching one of, the, one of the teams that I coach, right, in any situation, or even my own kids, they're not going to necessarily hear what you're saying all the time, but I guarantee they're watching that's what good. you do. Yeah. And even it so hits closest to home when I see my kids, right? And I, sit, I see my kids do something that they probably shouldn't do. and I see it see them do it or say it. and I think to myself, man, you know why they did that? Because that's what they see me do. Mm-hmm. And I think that our actions are so important. So I think that's, to me, that's just what keep in mind is you don't necessarily have to be saying things all the time or really even very rarely, but your life speaks and your life will influence people, good or bad, actually. Good. Very good. Chris?
2: Um, i just like to say when we, we discussed, you know, we talked about this before and Pastor Matt said something really great. He said, true spiritual authority is given by submission. And so I was just thinking and praying on that and I thought if we really want to be used by God we need to be fully submitted to him in every area. And one of the things my wonderful mother taught me growing up and she would stress to me at times is comes from Luke 12:48 For everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required or expected. And you know if if we know Christ and have him we are given much and so I just have always done this. I didn't understand what that verse meant really when I was young, but all I ever really wanted and what I pray still every day is to stay in the center of God's perfect will. And I'm gonna tear up like Pastor Matt, I did this last (laughs) night too. But really, because I've submitted everything to God, all I ever wanted to do when I was a little girl was be a mom. And in my wildest dreams, I would have never imagined sitting up here with these amazing leaders and having the kind of influence like this. And now I'm a mom, a foster mom, and a pastor's wife, and I just give God all the glory. So I just encourage you, submit to God. If you've not done that in every area, do it. It is the best way to live, and he will take you on an amazing adventure.
0: It's awesome. Wonderful. I was ready tonight. (laughs)
2: Thank you.
0: I love you both kind of said... um, just importance of you know you being submitted yourself if you're going to impact other people this way. I would say that that's incredibly an incredibly important point. You know, a lot of people want to have influence, but they don't want to submit to someone over them. Uh, authority that's not submitted is dangerous. And I'll just say it like this: I don't know how I'll say this is probably going to sound really really strong, but if you are not willing to submit to those. Paul Timothy or Paul and Barnabas relationships. and to really submit your life entirely to God, then you have no right trying to be someone who has a Timothy relationship in your life. I would just encourage you don't do that. You get your stuff together first before you're trying to impart and impact other people who are on a spiritual journey to grow in the calling that God has for their lives.
3: Yeah, I would just um, say again that this is the kind of relationship that is invited into your life. You know, um, we've kind of already touched on this, but it's first and foremost by your example and someone seeing that example in your life and them desiring that. In Titus 2, verses 3 through 4, it says, Older women, likewise, be reverent in their behavior, not malicious in gossip, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. And to me, this scripture is saying, you live your life the way God calls you to live your life, so that by your example, people will follow you. And God will give influence to those who is going to follow him, who's going to go after him. God is looking for people who will come after him so that he can say, follow them. In fact, Paul says, imitate me as I follow Christ. And that's what we're supposed to be. We want people to imitate us because we're following Christ and we're doing the right things. And also our heart. You know, we've talked about what we should look for in a mentor, but our heart for the people that we are mentoring should be like like David said in Psalm 78, 18, and even when I am old and gray, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, to the power to all who are come. Our heart should be that the things that God has done in my life, the things that he's spoken, the promises that he's revealed to me, I want to declare to those coming after me so that it's not missed. God always said, he was like, declare it to the next generation so that they may know me. When we declare to the next generation, to the people that God brings to us, what he has done, who he is, Mm -hmm. then that is going to go on and on. And so our heart should never be for our own gain. It That's should be right. for God to be glorified yes, yes, always first yes, and foremost.
2: Yes, amen.
0: So good. One of the things, uh, kind of wrap this section up with, that I wanted to say right on the heels of that is Paul says to Timothy, he says, I charge you, Timothy. He says this is in several places. I charge you, Timothy. Preach the word. I charge you, Timothy. Wage the good warfare. And so that charge to me, is a perfect picture of the way God's people need to relate to the up-and-coming generation. We, they, the next generation needs to be raised up. They need to be challenged and inspired and encouraged. But the way this works is when they are challenged, they see that, they hear that, and they want to come up to that place. You don't lord that over them. It's influence. It's, it's not forced. It's welcomed. It's done so with such grace and, and such love that they want it, they crave it, and they yearn for it in their lives, and they receive it and embrace it and experience the fruit that God intends to have come from that. We're a church that is called to go after the younger generation aggressively. We've been talking about that for weeks and months now. Listen to me. I believe this with all of my heart. Every one of us have a part in that. Whether you're praying for them, whether you're serving in youth, whether you're giving to projects and initiatives, there's so many different ways, but whether you're mentoring some young students and adults in your own sphere of influence, we all have a part to play But this role that Paul had with Timothy, I charge you, Timothy. I challenge you. God has something great for you in your life. And if you'll come up to that place, you'll see great and mighty things that you could never know without him. And they say, yes, I want that. I want that desperately in my life. And I want to open up a place in my life for you to help me to grow into that direction, that journey that God is calling me.
3: I just want to say that in working much more closely with the youth in this last year, they're so hungry for that. They're so hungry for something that is real. The world has become more and more fake, more and more broken. And they're just looking for someone that they can follow, that will love them, that has their heart, and that will support them. Amen. And that's us. Like Pastor Matt said, like this is the vision that he gave to this house. That's all of you. This is your charge to be the person that God's called you to be so the generation behind you can follow you.
0: Yes. Multi-generational impact. Huge in the body of Christ needed right now today. The work we're doing is going to continue on in the generations that are coming up behind us. It's got to. So let's do this. Let's let's go ahead and take a few of these questions now. Are you you I wanted to share, something. share really something really
3: quick? Yeah. Um, I felt like we couldn't talk about relationships and not specifically talk about marriage and so but I'm not talking to just those who are married if you are engaged or if you are desiring to be married one day at some point in the future however old you are um, it's so important this relationship because God said that this is representing Christ in the church that's what marriage does to the world so our relationship with our spouse is a declaration of who Christ is to the church and I just feel like in our world today, in the church, that this, we're just not really doing a great job of that. And so as we were running one day, this kind of came to me because I was sitting there thinking about 10 years ago, Matt and I made the decision that we're going to be healthy and we're going to live a healthy life and we're going to raise our kids in that way. And I'm sitting here running for the first time in four or five months and saying, man, he has stayed committed to that decision that we made. I, on the other hand, have gotten pregnant multiple times. I might have had something you know. to do with that. I've worked out faithfully and then not worked out at all. And, and But because he has stayed faithful to that, I have continued to come back to that. And so I just wanted to say first to husbands or those who desire to be husbands one day, you have to go after God for the vision for your family. And you have to be committed to that, and you have to lead your family towards that. Yes. And I just felt like that there are so many husbands that don't feel like they're enough. But God has given you everything you need to be the husband to your wife and your family. Amen? Amen. And if you will lean on him, he will give you that vision. He will give you the strength. He will give you what you need to carry that out. But wives... I've also heard so many wives criticize their husbands, not see that in their husbands. And God has positioned us in their life in such a way to where if we will see that in them, they have the courage, they have what they need to be able to go after that. So wives, I charge you, pray for God to give you eyes to see your husband the way that God sees your husband, to see the things in your husband that he sees, even if he's not displaying that at that time. Because you will be a support like none other in his life. And just, I want to encourage us as a church, let's have marriages that show the world who Christ is to us. Amen?
0: Amen. Awesome. All right, so we're going to take a few questions. Um, Could be about any of those different relationships we talked about today. So go ahead and put one up on the screen and get started. And if you want to text them in, let's put the the question on the back, but put the text number on the side screens up here so that people can still text them in. So, first question is: Can your relationships be with? Can your relationships with someone be a mixture of all three? Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy. Um, when you guys, when you guys want to handle this, I would say,
3: I would say, if that's how you feel the relationship is, that's a Barnabas relationship. That that's really what that is. Sometimes they speak into your life. Sometimes you speak into theirs. That's the iron sharpening iron type of relationship. And that's what our core relationship should be. That's
0: good. That's really good. You guys have anything to add to that? that no, I great. would agree.
1: Totally agree with that. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome.
0: All right, next question. How do you reach someone fully and effectively if you're keeping them out of your core circle? That's a really good question. Really good question.
1: I would say that... Well, I know, let me say this. When, when, when I would define what my core circle is, I would define that as people that are directly speaking into my life. I'm, st- with that outer circle, can you throw that question up there again so I make sure I answer it? So, the, but, so the, outer, the outer circle of people, I'm still having relationship with them. I'm still being friends with them. I'm still doing life together with them in some way, but they just don't have the power to influence my life in various that's really areas.
0: Good. Yeah, that's really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, this. I don't know if
0: this is going to answer it for you, but to me, you know, your ability to impact, influence, reach people, uh, look, at the end of the day, there, there's a part of that that they have to make a decision on. So, in certain situations, you could be doing everything you could be doing, and they're still not making a decision to receive or, or to want the things that God has for them. So you can only do so much. So I would say as long as you are making sure that you continue to be healthy and that you're letting God lead you to do the things that he's calling you to do and not do the things that he's not calling you to do so that you remain effective in your own calling for Christ, then the people who God intends to reach through you are going to be within your reachable sphere. And the glory of God and the radiance of God on your life because you're healthy and effective and in your calling will be visible to those who choose to see that. And so, I don't know if that answers
1: it, but that's how I would probably answer it. And I think sometimes, too, because I think this is a great question, sometimes, too, those people that are core relationships, in some sense they may not be the people that you see the most often. So, I'll give you an example, like when we were talking about this and about this actual kind of question, not that we knew this question, but just what a core relationship is, Christy was asking me, well, what about, and she named a few of my friends, what about this person, what about this person, what about this person, and I said, no, those are all my friends that I do things with, but none of those people I would consider actually core relationship because they don't really speak directly into my life on important things. Conversely, one of my best friends I've had since high school, he would be a person that speaks into my life. I see him maybe a couple times a year. Now, I talk to him probably five or six times a week. So I'm not necessarily in physical contact with him all the time, but he still does speak into my life. So oh, I don't know if that confused things or help things, but no, I good. think this is a very important question. Yeah, it really is.
0: I, I think one of the key takeaways for me is that you realize you can impact and influence people at a distance. Um, and the way you live your life has a lot to do with that. John Maxwell, who's a leadership guru, he talks about how there's a level of leadership that you can get to that's based on your reputation. It, it's, it's not you directly involved personally in the life of someone But it's what you stand for, what you live for, the way you've impacted so many other people throughout your journey. And that's now rippling out into lots of other people's lives as a result of how you've lived your own life. And that's the kind of major impact and influence that I just think as Christians, we need to be having in this world today.
3: I just want to say this, that you know our responsibility is to keep those core relationships healthy. It is God's responsibility to use our influence, to use our example in the lives of the people around us. And so we can't bear the weight of effectively reaching someone. That's really God's weight to bear. That's good. And so if we're going after him, if we are keeping our relationship with him healthy, if we're doing what he's called us to do, he will use us in the way that we are meant to be used in the lives of another. And you know what? He's going to use many people in the lives of whomever you're asking about. And your part is what God says your part is. And maybe somebody else's part is to do. Sometimes we think we want to do it all, but maybe some of that's somebody else's part to do. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Man, that reminds me of something Pastor David from Gateway said to me um, a year ago or whatever. He said, Matt, you know, you you can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You're nobody's savior. And, And I think sometimes we... Suffer from Savior Syndrome. (laughs) We think we need to be their Savior. If they're not getting saved and they're not changing, I must be doing something wrong. You know, I mean, maybe you do need to change something, but God is the, Jesus is our Savior. You know, the Holy Spirit quickens the spirit of a man. You could never do that and never will be able to do that. That's His job. And so just knowing, like, you know, listen, don't, don't take something I think you basically said this don't take something on yourself that you are not meant to carry. We are nobody's savior. Amen. All right, let's put one more question up there. How do Christians date? That's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> Okay, i this,
1: this is why you're the boss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike's like, I don't get paid to answer that one. Uh, um, all right. Well, I'm just going to say a few things that come to mind, and certainly th- this would be an ongoing conversation, I think. Um, obviously, if you are dating and courting, I think you need to have mentors around you, obviously, to help you in that journey and in that process. Um, I think you have to start with, with the clear context of Scripture. And sexual purity is God's call for relationships that are not covenant marriage relationships. As clear as it can be. We can dance around that as long as we want to or flirt with it however we want to try. I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, we've got to be real clear about adherence to Scripture and doctrine Sexual purity is a mandate from God for relationships that are not in covenant of marriage. So that's a major deal. So then you have to ask yourself, because we're all people, um, what are things that are going to tempt me to cross that line? And how do I establish boundaries in my life and then create people, relationships, have relationships where I can be accountable to those boundaries to make sure that I am not allowing myself to get in situations or scenarios where I will be tempted and tested in ways that I, I don't need to be. Because that's a big part of where we fall, is we allow ourselves to get in situations that we think we're strong enough to overcome, when we really ought to have the wisdom never to get in that situation to begin with. I'm not talking about just teenagers, I'm talking about grown adults, maybe coming into a new relationship, you've been married before or whatever. Like, I mean, this is equally as important, in my opinion, in those scenarios as well.
2: All right, I'll just say, because we have three, you know, older children, and they're all in relationships. And the one thing that I always told them growing up is, as long as they love Jesus, you know, but just remember that verse, do not be unequally yoked, especially if you're older and you are looking to get married. That is, you know a good thing to be praying about and thinking about before you start dating.
0: Really good.
3: And I would just add, you know, my belief is that you don't date for fun. Like, dating is something you do because you believe that this is someone God's leading you to. That's good. You may be wrong, but your heart, you've prayed about it, you've sought God for it, and you believe that this person is someone that God has for you. And then you date to find out if that's true, to make sure that's true. If you're dating so for good. fun, you, you are you are putting yourself in a world of mess. You're gonna have a lot of problems, a lot of heartache, and why go through the pain of breakup and mm-hmm. hurt and all of that when you already know it's not gonna work out anyway?
0: Well, that was good. <clears throat> that was awesome. awesome. Well, that's Mike do you have anything to add to that, or it's kind of hard to follow that, I guess? <laughs> 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 all right. Well, I hope has this has been helpful, been yeah. good, awesome. I just want to remind you again, uh, corporate fast starting today, and if you're new today or you're just jumping in, listen, I mean, nothing wrong with you starting today or tomorrow and just hooking in with us, join us in that online Bible study. We'd love to help you uh, be a part of this with us, kind of grow with us through this. As always, you know, we want to be here to help people move forward in their growth and development journey of what God has for them. And there are always things like we're talking about today where there's questions, conversations, scenarios in people's lives where there's so much more that we can talk about. Would you agree? So many more conversations that we can have. So many more ongoing uh, growth and development that needs to happen in all of our lives to keep getting stronger in all these areas. And that's what the church is for. We're here to equip one another, to walk with one another, to keep growing strong in these areas of our faith, so that we can be those game changers for Christ in this world right now. So, you say, How do I, what, what's the next step? How do I do that? Listen, we want to connect with you, and there's so many ways that we can do that. We try to make it as easy as possible. You know, you can always text. The word Game Changer to 94,000, very easy way of doing that. Just say, hey, I want to kind of get plugged in. I want to get involved. I want to learn about serving. I want to learn about your church's beliefs. I want to know how to move forward in my journey of faith. I want to grow with what kind of resources you have about different areas. Text ninety to 94,000 Game Changer. Fill out a red card. Just write your name and whatever you're interested in and what you have questions about there. And uh, we want to help you continue to move forward and grow in this thing that God has for you. And we know it's not just a Sunday experience. This is a 24-7, all the time. We need to be people who are growing in our faith and our walk with the Lord. And we've got to have people, relationships, and resources around us to continue doing that uh, outside of just Sundays. So I would encourage you to do that. Let's pray, and we're going to dismiss today. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name name. That name is so sweet, Lord. That name is so precious. It's the name that's above every other name. It carries both authority and love and so many things as we announce that name, God. It just have so many implications in our lives. And so we thank you in Jesus' name for just growing us and strengthening us, speaking to us. I pray that these next few days of prayer and fasting would be breakthrough moments for each and every person. There'd be times of drawing near and close to you. I I know, God, that as we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. Your word says that. And so we celebrate the, the breakthroughs and the growth and the intimacy that will continue to burn like a flame growing hotter and hotter over these next days in people's lives and their relationship with you. We pray for our nation, God. We need revival. We need your spirit. We need spiritual reform and transformation, God. And we're asking you, we're crying out to you in our heart's deepest desire above anything else, God, we want you. We want you, Jesus. We need you in our schools, in our communities. We pray for your vision to continue to be unfolded to our church and we pray God for health and strength in the homes and families of every person who is here. We thank you that we can trust your good and precious promises over our lives and that your plans for us are always good. Would you help us, Lord, as fallible people, walk this thing out in a way that is honoring to you and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, God
1: bless you, everyone. Have a beautiful day.